Welcome once again to YEGMS. Before I get going on this episode, I need to give a shout out to Rob. Rob is a fellow MS warrior uh, who's currently, who's a listener to the podcast and, and currently uh, recovering in hospital due to some complications. So Rob, get well soon and uh, hope to have you on the podcast uh, one day. The topic I want to talk about today, I've talked about in the past, but it, it, it seems to constantly permeate the news, and that is the role of marijuana for people living with MS. And what made me want to talk about it is about a month ago, I had my yearly checkup with my neurologist, which reminds me I still need to go for my, my blood work. Uh, I always get in trouble because I don't go nearly enough, as, as many times a year as I'm supposed to, but... Um, and during the, the appointment, he asked if I'd, I'd mentioned him in the past. I mean, we run together sometimes and I mentioned in the past that I was thinking about getting a prescription and he asked if I had got it and I said, yes, I did. And he really cautioned, uh, the use of cannabis and his reasoning was, is that outside of specificity and uh, tremors, there really isn't a lot of solid evidence uh, that marijuana can have a benefit with people living with MS. And he said, since those two symptoms really aren't that prevalent for me, um, he mentioned during the appointment that out of all of his MS patients, um, I'm in the, the top percentile, like in terms of function and that. Like, I mean, Really, if you ever were to meet me in person, I don't think anyone would ever guess that I, you know, have a chronic condition. You know, I'm still able to run, play hockey, do all the things I did before my diagnosis. And I've been living with it for 11 years now. So he said, be, be very careful. And he was also wanted to caution me, even though I'm getting my cannabis from licensed producers, that the THC and CBD guide, and I'll get to what those are in a minute, but the THC and CBD content that, that's printed on the label isn't necessarily accurate and, you know, just to be careful. So, and, and it's also in the news here in Canada because we are sort of on the home stretch uh, for marijuana becoming legal nationally. Um, you know, by the end of the year, I think it sounds like we'll be able to just, you know, to buy it uh, legally. And I buy it legally now, but I have to go and get a, a medical prescription and I have to buy from a licensed provider. Now it'll be more widely available. And of course the questions come, you know, does it have a therapeutic benefit, not just for people with MS, but cancer patients and people with anxiety and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I want to address the, you know, the, the question of the evidence. And I did some snooping around, as, I, as I'm prone to do. And I went to PubMed.org. And if you've, you know, if you've never, I don't know, is it PubMed.org? Anyway, go to, you know, go to your search engine and type in Pub, P-U-B, space, M-E-D, Med. Um, and it'll come up. And I think it's like mcmbi.something.something. Something. Anyway, it's a huge 
online resource of, of academic journals. And there's a, a number that you can download the PDFs for free. And it did coincide with what my neurologist told me. Uh, outside of specificity and, uh, and tremors, there isn't really a lot of solid evidence that, uh, you know, cannabis, marijuana, whatever you want to call it, has a, is beneficial for people with MS. Now, my own subjective experience, uh, I mean, I've had my prescription for about a year. And I, I have to admit, I wasn't a, you know, I wasn't a, a regular user of cannabis through my teenage years or 20s and 30s. Um, this has been a more recent thing for me. And not, not that I've never had it before, but it was not a regular, I mean, we're talking maybe once, twice a year, not using it as a med medication. The, the things that I've found that it helps me with, I suffer from anxiety. Uh, I, I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder uh, around 2011, and it certainly helps with that. Uh, the other big plus for me is it helps with sleep. Uh, before, and this probably bleeds in the anxiety, my brain would get going as I was trying to fall asleep and things I was worrying about or thinking about or work or family or school, you know, whatever. And, you know, some nights I could just toss and turn for two or three hours before I'd actually fall asleep. Well, when you've only got an eight-hour window to sleep, and if two to three hours of that spent just trying to fall asleep, you're just not really getting that good restful sleep. And what I found over the last year is now, you know, I'm, I'm asleep shortly after my hits hits the pillow, and I'm out for the night. And that's definitely had a, a you know, a huge benefit in terms of overall health. Uh, weight loss, like, but I mean, that is not directly related to MS. Indirectly, obviously, having proper rest and having a disease inflammation, getting proper sleep will, would definitely help. But, you know, you, it would be disingenuous of me to say that one, you know, lends itself to the other directly. You know, that old saying, correlation doesn't equal causation, right? So can, for me, can I say that I've found that uh, if, I've, if I've found that it has helped? Yeah. But I think the danger we run into with something like marijuana is people promoting it online or elsewhere as a miracle cure and a cure-all for everything. And, I mean, if you do enough snooping around online, you'll find people that say, I mean, I read something, I read an article, not an academic paper, not a research paper, just an article the other day, talking about, well, cannabis cures breast cancer. Cancer. Well, if that were the case, I mean, I've had, obviously not me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man, but I, there's been incidents of breast cancer in my, in my family, and... You know, I think it's dangerous when people make those claims. It's it's no different than, from my point of view, you know, a number of years ago, when the whole liberation therapy thing came out in MS, and Dr. Zamboni and all that stuff. I mean, which is largely proven to be 
of little use to people with MS. And not only that, dangerous is, you know, when people go to, you know, third world, third world countries for, for procedures and, you know, there's been deaths and, and, and that. But at one point, the liberation therapy, and I apologize to anyone who's listening who's being offended by what I'm just saying. I know the people, there, the people that believe in the liberation therapy believe in it. But the science just doesn't back it. And, you know, it was promoted as a miracle cure. So much so, in fact, that here in Canada, our federal government was being lobbied pretty heavily to allow that, to allow that procedure and to have it covered by our, you know, our national health care program. But the problem was the evidence. I mean, if you look at the Buffalo study, the evidence just isn't there for it. Um, and not only that, it's invasive, it's dangerous. So, you know, it's always dangerous when people promote miracle cures. Diets are another one, whether, you know, you talk about people like Dr. Terry Walls or you talk about, you know, the Swank diet or some of the other MS diets that are out there. And I, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I mean, I do follow a paleo-style diet. Um, do I think it helps? I absolutely think it helps, but I think it helps based on my body composition and the way that I react to food. Uh, it may help me, but it might not help somebody else. I mean, that's just, our, our body chemistry is all different. So I get, I get nervous when I see things being promoted as sort of like this cure-all, miracle-cure uh, kind of screw what your doctor has to say, just do this and this, this will fix you up. Um, and I think that that's one of the narratives that's, that's kind of running through this uh, marijuana and this cannabis discussion is on one side you have the hardcore uh, proponents of marijuana who in some circles are promoting it as a cure-all miracle cure just do this uh, the government just doesn't want you to have it um, you know because of big pharma and blah 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 are there some merits to their argument yeah but they're not as pronounced or or, or strong as you know what some people would lead, lead you to believe and conversely on the on the traditional uh, pharmaceutical end of things. You know, for some of these MS drugs, the same can be said. The evidence is there, but not not necessarily convincing. I mean, I remember the first MS drug that I was prescribed, I never ended up taking, because when I read the literature on it, I'm like, well, 30% of 30% see a reduction in future episodes. Well, 30% of 30%, I mean, that's... It was barely better than the placebo effect. So, um, I think there's arguments to be made on both sides. And, you know, whether it's political or about this, I'm, I'm, I'm very much usually in the center of things. I'm willing to listen to the arguments on both sides, but... At the end of the day, I have to do what I think is best for me. And one of the things I can say is the cannabis has helped. But again, it hasn't been this um, miracle drug. I mean, I still have numb feet. I still have numb hands. I still get drop foot. 
Uh, I still get fatigue, though not as much. I think it's because of the, the being able to sleep better. So it, it, it's um, that's my subjective opinion. And if you can acquire cannabis legally, and you educate yourself on what it is and what it isn't, and you use it safely, I think it's, you know, for me it was worth trying. But I can't stress enough as educating yourself. So I mentioned THC and CBD at the beginning. Well, they are what are called cannabinoids. And cannabinoids are the um, parts of the MS plant that when you, you know, whether you take it on oil, whether you smoke it, whether you vape it, however it gets into your system, they, there are cannabinoid receptors There's, I think, in your body and they interact with them in different ways. Um, there are several cannabinoids, and the, but the two main ones that people talk about are CBD and THC. Well, CBD is, you know, appears to be the part of the plant that has that really people derive the most medical benefit from, and it's a powerful anti-inflammatory, which obviously MS is a disease of inflammation. Um, and it's not not intoxicating. And actually, CBD acts works to uh, minimize the effects, the the psychoactive effects of of cannabis. THC is another cannabinoid. Uh, it's the one. It's the part of the plant recreational users love because it produces the high. Um, the problem with the Canvas you can buy sort of in the black market or from your friendly local drug dealer is that those the typically the strains of cannabis that drug dealers sell has been bred to be very 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 high in THC and very very low in CBD because the recreational loot user typically is looking to get high well, I'm not a recreational user. I am using it for medicine, so it's important that it has that what I'm taking has a high CBD content. For example, the oil that I take in the morning has very little to no THC in it, so it doesn't get me high. Um, and in the evening, I take a blend of CBD and THC oil. And the THC is what helps me sleep. But I don't want too much because I don't want to get high. I'm not looking to, you know, <laughs> to get trippy. You know, I'm just, I'm using it as a medicine. And it took me a while to figure out the dosages and kind of figure what I'm doing. And I did a lot of reading on it. And and it, it seems to work for me, but I can't stress enough. It is certainly not a cure-all if, uh, you know, if you have... I would doubt that if you have really, really progressive MS or if you're having a really bad attack, it's not like if you, you know, you just go and get a, a joint from your buddy, smoke it, and everything's okay. Like it, it, you know, I would never want to promote it as such. I've just found, like I said, it's helped me in terms of sleep, overall mood, my anxiety. Um, you know, even my wife's noticed since I've been using it. Um, overall, I've just been just 
my general outlook and mental well-being has been better. And I'm, I largely think that's due to just being able to sleep a proper, you know, eight to ten hours a night rather than, you know, four or five, where um, I was even struggling to fall asleep. Now, on the related blog post to this episode, I'm going to post a few papers that I read in over the past few weeks, you know, that I, you can have a look at. So you can go to ownmultiplesclerosis.com, click on the episode 36 link, you know, it'll take you to a blog post and all that stuff will be linked in the bottom. And the other thing that I wanted to just kind of review on this episode is I found an article on Healthline that I thought is a pretty good overview, I guess, of MS and cannabis. Um, it was actually published on Healthline on October 31st, 2016, and I'll leave a link to it in the blog, the, the related blog post. Let me just read you a few quotes uh, from the article. Here's the first one. Will medical marijuana prove to be a miracle treatment for people with multiple sclerosis? The National Multiple Sclerosis Society says there are uncertainties about how effective marijuana is in relieving MS symptoms. But the organization supports the right of patients to work with healthcare providers to access medical marijuana where legal. Now that quote is referencing the National Multiple Sclerosis Society in the United States. I know a lot of my listeners are from the U.S. and I know that the the marijuana laws there seem to vary state to state. Um, and honestly, I don't really know what to make of the National Multiple Sclerosis Society stance on it. We'll support your right to access it, but we're not sure if it works. So I mean, that kind of seems a little wishy-washy to me. Um, Now here's a quote that kind of illustrates what I was saying earlier. On the website herb.com, supporters say that medical marijuana has been widely successful in treating MS symptoms. They list seven ways they say cannabis can ease MS symptoms. I don't know about why, like the, see, and this is what I mean, and I worry about statements like that. Because somebody sees something or reads something, especially somebody if they've just been diagnosed or their symptoms are getting worse, or and there's any sort of desperation, they see a headline like wildly, wildly, well, sorry, wildly successful, and they think, oh, I got to do that. That's that's what I need. That's what's going to fix me. And I don't. When you when you when you when you read the research that's done to it, yeah, it's promising, but there's nothing that's like definitive. So. It's far too soon uh, to make that type of suggestion, in my opinion. Now, but on that note, here's another quote. In 2011, a cannabis extract was first approved in Germany for the treatment of spasticity in people with MS. Since then, only two synthetic drugs containing THC have been approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. They are Marinol and Sesamet used for treating nausea in people undergoing chemotherapy and people with HIV. 
the only naturally occurring THC-based drug, the oral spray Sativix, used for the treatment of specificity in people with MS, is approved in several countries, including France, Canada, and Sweden. However, it is not currently available in the United States. And again, specificity in tremors, from a science point of view, from a science-based point of view, are, are really the only two symptoms where there's enough evidence to say, yeah, that, you know, cannabis can help. You know, what I was saying about anxiety and, and some of the other things I'm talking about subjectively for me, these things haven't been proven scientifically. It doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just means it hasn't been proven. One more quote from the article. And while studies continue to recognize the benefits, many people are not waiting for FDA approval. Self-medicating with marijuana is common, with the most frequently reported conditions being pain, anxiety, depression, headache, migraine, nausea, and muscle spasticity. So I guess I would fall into the self-medicating category. Um, And, you know, I'm willing to try, but, I, you know, whether it's diet, whether it's exercise, whether it's cannabis, it doesn't matter what it is. When I consider something, I, if it's safe and it's reasonable, that I've read enough literature that makes it reasonable that it's going to help me and it's not going to harm me, I'll give it a shot. I mean, I read an article years ago that, the, the, and you can probably find this if you search around, but there was a doctor out of the U.S., and I can't remember where, but uh, he had started doing tests with mice with multiple sclerosis-like symptoms, and he was giving them cinnamon, and the cinnamon seemed to help. And I thought, well, you know, putting cinnamon on my oatmeal a couple times a week isn't going to harm me. You know, is it likely it's going to do anything? Probably not, but give it a shot. I mean, it's that kind of thing that's always kind of been my attitude is if, it, if it's safe, you know, why not give it a shot? But I always keep my expectations low and I kept my expectations low with cannabis. Like I said from the outset, this has not changed the course of my disease, um, but it's made my life better and I'm not harming myself. I'm not... You know, delinquent went from work, I'm not, you know what I mean? So it's not, I don't, I think it, any, every individual has to make their own choice. Every individual needs to do their own research and reading and be comfortable what, with what it is that they're doing. And, you know, if all the boxes are checked, uh, you know, why not try it? But if you're not willing, a person who's willing to, to do research and do reading and be comfortable with what it is that you're doing, then you probably shouldn't, in my opinion. Last quote from the paper, and then I gotta wrap this up. 27 minutes comes fast. Cannabis works with the endocannabinoid system in the human body via the CB1 and CB, CB2 receptors by mimicking natural chemicals created in the body. This action encourages growth and activity with the EC system. The EC system is found throughout the brains and bodies of all mammals, influences memory, energy, balance, metabolism, response to stress, and more. 
basically everything that can be affected in a person with MS. So, I mean, again, sounds promising, you know, um, but there just isn't enough knowledge around it and there hasn't been enough research done. So, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm by no means telling you you should go and get some pot. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying look into it and if it seems to be something that will fit into your life and you're doing it safely, you're getting it from you know, a trusted source, then it may be worth, some, it may be worth trying, um, but it, don't take this episode as me advocating for it. Well, we've come to the end of another episode. Once again, I want to give a shout out to Rob. Rob, I hope you're feeling better and hope to have you on the podcast soon. I should also mention MS Buddy from Healthline. MS Buddy is an app that MSers can download onto their smartphone and it allows you to connect anonymously with other people with MS. Uh, it's a great idea and if you're somebody who's been recently diagnosed and you need to connect with people in your community and you don't know how, MS Buddy may be the place to start. Once again, you can find me online at ownmultiplesclerosis.com. That's O-W-N, multiplesclerosis.com, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at ownms.com1, O-W-N-D-O-T-M-S, and the number one. Please like, share, subscribe uh, to this podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, uh, or any, I mean, there's a bunch of places where, where you can find it. And if always, if you send an email or you want to get a hold of me, sean at ownmultiplesclerosis.com. I do respond to my email. If you ever want to be on the show, send me an email there. We can set up a time to do a Skype interview, FaceTime, or if you're in Western Canada, possibly an in-person interview. Anyways, that's my time. I will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Uh, be well, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon.